Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants with me, Raphael Bender. So recently I posted on social media about uh, my definition of the what I see as the four uh, styles of Pilates. And uh, this post uh, stimulated some really interesting conversations, some interesting questions. And I want to discuss one of those questions on the podcast today. Uh, but before I do that, I'm going to share with you my definitions of the four styles of Pilates. So uh, what I said was uh, original Pilates, also known as Contrology, and this is what Joseph Pilates, the creator of Pilates, taught in his gym in New York City in the 1960s. Original Pilates is characterized by repeating a set sequence of vigorous whole body movements that build considerable strength, flexibility, and control, as well as fostering a mind-body connection. Classical Pilates. After Joseph died in 1967, Romana Krasnowska became the principal Pilates teacher. Romana was a ballet dancer, and she brought a lot of classical ballet into her Pilates. This is also the era when the six Pilates principles were first introduced. Classical Pilates is characterized by repeating a set sequence of graceful movements emphasizing flowing transitions between the exercises as well as form and technique based on the six Pilates principles. Now, I do have to make a note here or sidebar that, uh, you know, quite a few people pointed out, um, you know, that Romana wasn't the only person trained by Joseph. There was Ron Fletcher, Eve Gentry, you know, a bunch of others, Jay Grimes. Uh, and, you know, so where, where do they sit in this classical lineage? Uh, and I have to say, well, I, I don't want to <laughs> get into that conversation because I don't feel qualified to, uh, to have a strong opinion on that. Uh, my knowledge of that era of uh, classical Pilates comes from my, my reading of John Howard Steele's book, Caged Lion, and my conversation with John Howard Steele. Uh, and, you know, the reading that I've done online, um, you know, whatever's publicly available. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I don't have a strong view one way or the other on, um, you know, is Ron Fletcher's work classical? I mean, I guess I would say I, I would consider it classical, but I don't hold that view strongly. So uh, I'd love to be educated, um, from somebody who <laughs> is familiar or has you know, uh, uh, more knowledge than me on this. So um, I'd love, love you to reach out in uh, on Instagram, DM me, let me know your thoughts on those other elders and whether you consider their work to be classical or original or some other uh, style. Okay, so that's classical. Contemporary Pilates. In the 1990s and early 2000s, several of Romana's students developed their own styles of Pilates by applying the then-current concepts from physical therapy and exercise science to Pilates. Contemporary Pilates is characterized by starting with extremely gentle movements, emphasizing core activation and biomechanical principles, and progressing to more vigorous whole body movements only once the client masters the easier moves. Finally, I have fitness Pilates. The 2010s saw the explosion of group reformer Pilates and spin-offs like Legree and others. And rather than doing traditional Pilates exercises, fitness Pilates creatively uses the Pilates reformer or sometimes a mega former or even a mat as a resistance and stretching machine. 
Fitness Pilates is characterized by creative, high-intensity flowing workouts that build strength, endurance, tone, flexibility, and control. And like I said, uh, you know, you, you can uh, agree or disagree with those definitions, and I'd love to know your thoughts. I'd um, love to have a message from you. Um, but there were some interesting questions raised, uh, you know, like I mentioned about, you know, where does Ron Fletcher and Jay Grimes or Eve Gentry's work um, you know, fit into that mosaic? And I'd love to have your thoughts on that. But the most uh, interesting question, which I feel qualified to answer, is this one that came from Jaden Shenfield. And Jaden said, essentially, which style is most beneficial? So that's what I want to talk about now on the podcast. And my answer is, beneficial for what purpose? So if it is for the purpose of reducing back pain, they're all equally effective. Uh, And I don't mean that in like, I love all my children the same amount sort of a way. I mean, (laughs) we have (laughs) copious amounts of uh, scientific research showing that uh, any form uh, of exercise is equally beneficial and there are no specific movements that are better or worse than others. So I'd say that applies equally to Pilates, that all forms of Pilates are equally beneficial. Uh, and so I think there's you know, there's really um, no reason to suspect that any one form of Pilates would be better than another when it comes to low back pain. Uh, for the purpose of building strength, I'd argue that um, for a beginner, Probably any form of Pilates is going to be equally beneficial initially because uh, beginners tend to build strength very easily uh, with minimal stimulus. Whereas for people who've, you know, after people have been practicing Pilates for you know, a few weeks or more, those newbie gains tend to plateau out. And uh, at that point, I would say, fitness Pilates is probably going to give the best results in terms of building strength because of the emphasis on progressive overload, uh, you know, which means basically working to a point of near uh, fatigue and then increasing the load, the reps or the sets um, at the next session. Um, And because of that emphasis, I think fitness Pilates is going to have the greatest effect on building strength, followed by original Pilates, uh, which, although it doesn't emphasize progressive overload, it does It does involve vigorous whole body movement, which is you know, quite, you know, places a lot of tension on muscles. Uh, so that is going to result in considerable increase in strength, uh, but only up to a point, because as, as you master those original moves, you know, like when you start doing, say, the side bend, it's really tough. But by the time you can do, you know, three or five reps, that's all you do in the original repertoire. It's like, well, you're not going to continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger unless you do more and more and more reps or add more and more and more load, which in the original repertoire, you don't. Uh, so, you know, and that's not to say that you can't get stronger with classical or contemporary uh, at all. Um, in fact, you know, you certainly will get stronger with classical and contemporary Pilates, but that's not their primary focus. The primary focus is not on getting as strong as possible. It's on, you know, in classical, it's on, you know, grace and, uh, the, the Pilates principles. And in contemporary, it's a, it's on biomechanics and, you know, uh, technique based on those biomechanical principles. So, you know, these things aren't mutually exclusive, but, um, you know, when you focus primarily on strength, you will get more strength. 
you know, and you focus primarily on progressive overload, you will get more strength and result. So uh, if for the purpose of mind-body connection, well, they're all good, but I would say, and this, you know, this is just my opinion, I don't have any science on this, but I would, my, my opinion is probably classical, contemporary and original are more beneficial than fitness, Pilates for mind-body connection. Uh, you know, some people might argue the toss on that, and I'd be, <laughs> I'd be happy to have that conversation. Uh, but I, I think you know the emphasis in particularly classical, contemporary, and original, where you are, you know, focusing on uh, breath and you know, movement um, simultaneously and integrating those two, uh, it does foster getting into a flow state. And uh, in my definition, that's what a mind-body connection is. When your mind and your body are truly integrated and you're not aware of your body, you simply are in your body. Uh, If for the purpose of getting people moving, well, whichever you enjoy and will do consistently is the best. So if you like classical, classical is the most beneficial. If you like original, original is the most beneficial. If you like contemporary, Contemporary is the most beneficial. And of course, if you like fitness, fitness is the most beneficial. So uh, we know, um, f- you know, f- from uh, the lots of longitudinal studies and uh, population cohort studies that uh, lifespan and health span are both increased. And by health span, I mean the, 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 uh, Freedom from disease and disability, you know, freedom from chronic diseases like diabetes, um, um, you know, autoimmune conditions, cancer, etc., uh, cardiovascular disease. So that not just being alive, but being alive and well enough to enjoy being alive. Uh, so you know, the increasing uh, we we see increase in lifespan and health span with any amount of exercise. So if you go from doing no exercise to doing a little bit, you get a longer and healthier life. And then that increase is uh, roughly linear as you in as you increase exercise duration and intensity, you get more lifespan and more health span. Now up to a point, you know, that doesn't continue indefinitely, that relationship. But basically, the more you do and the more vigorously you exercise, the longer and healthier your life is likely to be. But any amount at any intensity is beneficial for life and health. So from that standpoint, you know, for the purpose of increasing lifespan and health span, well, I'd say they're all good, right? Because any amount at any intensity is better than nothing. Um, but... Uh, I would say probably fitness and original are going to be most effective because they are more vigorous. Now, I want to just be clear here. I'm not saying that fitness and original are inherently better for health. It's simply that they're more, you know, generally more taught in a more vigorous way. If you practice a vigorous form of contemporary or classical Pilates, you'll get the exact same health benefits as if you practice a vigorous form of original Pilates or a vigorous form of fitness Pilates. So it's not the style per se, it's the intensity that bring, and the duration that brings 
the benefits. So really it is, you know, bringing your, you know, all of your muscles, you know, each in turn to a point of near fatigue, you know, um, several times a week and getting out of breath for 150 minutes a week. You know, if you do that, you get the full benefit, the full measure of benefit. And to the extent that you, you know, do part of that, you know, you bring some of your muscles to near fatigue or you bring all of your muscles to fatigue only once a week or you bring all of your muscles like not that near to fatigue a few times a week, like you get a less benefit, but still a substantial benefit in terms of life extension and health improvement. Uh, and finally, I a few people pointed this out and, you know, I was a, it was a face palm moment for me. <laughs> But I didn't mention clinical Pilates in my list of styles of Pilates, which is kind of <laughs> bizarre as I teach clinical Pilates. <laughs> um, so uh, there you go. That was just a um, you know, mental blank for me. Uh, so here's my definition of clinical Pilates. I define clinical Pilates or rehab Pilates, however you want to call it, as Pilates done for the purpose of rehabilitation. Now, on my definition, rehabilitation is the process of restoring strength, range of motion, and control to an injured part. So clinical Pilates is just Pilates that focuses on restoring strength, range of motion, and control to an injured part. And so, therefore, it can be done within, in my view, any style of Pilates, as it's really just about selecting the right load and the right range of motion, the right control challenge for the client and progressing them over time. And you can do that within a classical, contemporary, original, or fitness context. It's just all about exercise selection, range of motion, load and control challenge that is matched to the client's present ability, and then progressively increasing that. And if you want to know more about that definition or how to do that, go back to the episode can't remember the number, but it's about to how to rehab any injury or something like that. I think it's like 106. Anyway, it's with Heath and me. Scroll through. I'm sorry, my memory's like a sieve. Anything that happened before yesterday is a blur. But uh, I do distinctly recall <laughs> we recorded an episode on this. So um, go listen to that. And if you really want to know um, exactly how I go about doing clinical Pilates, uh, read my book, how to strengthen the person, strengthen the person, not just the body part, uh, which you can buy through the link in my bio on Instagram for four dollars and ninety nine cents. All right, dear listener, I hope you found that interesting. I love to know your thoughts. Uh, these are my personal you know, views. If you've got a different view, I'd love to hear it. I don't think these are universal, you know, truths. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear your views, love to hear your questions, love to be educated on the alternate um, lineages and whether you consider those to be uh, classical or some other um, form. Uh, yeah, so much love and I'll see you in the next one. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. 
And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.